Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 246 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. You were very excited about that number. I know. I don't know what that was. It's okay. (laughs) I'm feeling it. Why not? We should celebrate arbitrary numbers. It's like 200 is as arbitrary as 246. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Why not? Um, Yeah. Things are are going. Going good. (laughs) It's so weird because we have to fabricate these how are we doing today even though you and i just spent half hour in a room talking about our our cats and dogs and yep everything going on here so it's like none of you guys know that but peek behind the curtain pay no attention to the man in the corner um if you want to get a hold of us how can they do that because i we haven't done that lately and i feel like we should probably remind people easiest way is to go to our website professionalbooknerds.com there you can find all, our, all of our social links including twitter and instagram both of which are at pro book nerds you can all us also oh my gosh email us mm-hmm. professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com yes you can also guys i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot here joe has promised to use all the fun new instagram things <laughs> We've been talking about it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna put it out in the world so to make sure we actually do it. All like the cool questions and the polls and everything that you can do on Instagram. Yeah, stories. I do it on my personal page, like my personal Instagram yeah, account. I you don't do. know why I don't, why we haven't started doing it more. I don't know. I'm lazy with my personal one. Usually, like I'll have like one Instagram story every three days, and it'll be my dog playing fetch. But you are much better at it than I am. So. I remember it took me a long time to get Instagram stories. I was like, what is this? That's right. Why are people doing that? I don't understand. And then once I figured it out, or I think I saw people using it in really interesting ways, I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. You guys are welcome to try and find me on Instagram if you want. Yeah, it's I don't just care. Pictures of my, it's just pictures of my dogs. <laughs> um, and my Instagram story literally uh. is usually like, pictures of my dogs that i didn't want to put on instagram that i can confirm that part yeah it's really all it is yeah um i also love the like if the more i don't know if you ever noticed this on instagram but the more posts you put in a row on your instagram story if like you look at the amount of people who view it it's like law of diminishing returns it's like oh yeah i know if i post nine short videos of my dogs playing fetch Half of you are actually going to watch the second half of those. Oh yeah, no, I like they just like the numbers drop off. Yeah, with each new like always make it always makes slide me slide or whatever. Mm-hmm. I th- I think of them as like PowerPoint slides. Like, yeah, exactly. Like well, my, uh, Alex and I have like we have friends who are, are bloggers and they have a fairly large following. So I'll do the classic, just like tap the button real quick to get through their whole story so that they get their numbers, but I don't have to. Oh I yeah, I do that too. I don't need to watch them eat a weird sandwich on a Saturday mm-hmm. for seventeen mm-hmm. posts. You just text them, ask them how it was. Anyway, none of that had anything to do with this episode. Nope. Uh, today is the final episode. Or so, sorry. Wow, that was creepy. The final interview from PLA that I did way back in the spring. Um, so I sat down with children's author and illustrator Sarah Jacoby, and she has a debut children's book that came out a little bit earlier this year called Forever or a Day. And she writes... She did all the writing for the book, and she also did all of the illustrations. Her 
artwork is incredible. Uh, my wife and I have since bought a couple of pieces from her website. Um, like she has this amazing one from uh, the Nutcracker of the the Mouse King. That's amazing. I remember you showing me. They're just it's so the, her her artwork is so cool. It looks like um, it looks like everything is watercolors. But she there she goes into in our conversation the different layers that she uses to create all of these images and the story itself that this February day is really cool. It basically goes into the differences of how a parent and a child sees the passage of time. So for a child, and I remember this when I was a kid too. My grandparents lived in Cleveland Heights and we lived in Lorraine. So to me, that drive when we would go on Sundays took forever mm-hmm. and now i'm like oh no it's 30 minutes yep so uh and she does a really awesome job with the images and the pictures she draws and the story she tells it's very it's very heartwarming and sweet i bought this for my nieces and nephews so well okay i'll admit this as i'm in my 30s and i still feel like driving from the west side to the east side of cleveland yeah that's actually <laughs> it's fair. like an hour <laughs> you guys it's not uh, yeah there's this hilarious delineation in north sorry Ohio. i didn't mean to like Totally no, hijack that. totally fine, and you're right. But there is this hilarious delineation uh, in Northeast Ohio. If you are a Clevelander, you're either a, w- a West Sider or an East Sider. And Clevelanders, we're a lot like people from Chicago who, like, people can live, tw- you know, 50 miles outside of Chicago. They say they're from Chicago. If you live within, like, a 30-minute radius of Cleveland, you're just a Clevelander. But, like, you would think East Side and West Side of Cleveland was, like, Scotland versus Ireland. <laughs> like, the amount of people who are, like, Ugh, you live in the east side of Cleveland, and it's like they're both wonderful. I went to college in the east side of Cleveland, and now I live on the west side of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They're both great. They have their own, but like, and they're not that super different. They're really not. But people are like, oh, I'm not going all the way to the east side. <laughs> like a 15 minute drive. So <sighs> I feel you. I understand. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you think people should know about? We already told them how to get a hold of us. I think that's everything. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this random intro and this interview I did with Sarah Jacoby on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Adam again, and I'm excited today to sit down with Sarah Jacoby, who is an award-winning illustrator whose work can be found in the New York Times, Tiny Bop, Travel and Leisure, and several books for both Chronicle and HarperCollins. Her debut picture book, which she both wrote and illustrated, Forever and a Day, is now available through Chronicle. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. So before we started recording, we were already bonding a little bit, so I'm very excited about this, but can you tell people about your book, Forever and a Day? Forever or a day. Yeah, that's and. right. You know, it's funny. A lot of people have been calling it forever and a day, which I <laughs> totally get. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's forever or a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the like theory behind it is um, kind of more question-oriented. So, like, do you remember when you were a kid mm-hmm. and you didn't really know what time was? Yeah. And sometimes it felt, like, so giant. Uh-huh. And sometimes... It, feel so short right so it could feel like forever or a day yeah i no it's i was i've been thinking about this a lot because you're absolutely right we used to say in our family time is like a glass of water Mm. i don't know if you've ever heard anyone say it this way okay so the way that people describe it is and by the people i mean me right now (laughs) and my family is life is like a glass of water and as you get older the glass gets bigger and so the water in there stays the same so 
what might be a tiny glass when I'm like seven, like for example, driving to my grandmother's house took 45 minutes, but for me, it felt like it took forever. Yeah. And now I'll drive there and it feels like it takes 10 minutes because it's just the amount of time that I understand is a lot greater, but the amount of time, obviously 45 minutes is 45 minutes, but I just, to me, it's such a cool thing to, I wish there was a book like this when I was younger to that describe. really cool. Yeah, and what do your parents do? Like, how did they... <laughs> so my mom... <laughs> Why is this a thing? My mom was a teacher for 39 years, okay. and she taught third and fourth grade. Okay. So kind of right, you know, right where people would probably be reading your book. But yeah. um, That's fascinating. Yeah, my mom, before I knew what time was, I would ask her, like, how long is it going to take? Mm-hmm. And she would be like, oh, it's an episode of blah, blah, blah. So she would use, like, analogous oh. things to describe time to me. That's really smart. Yeah, and I was like, oh. So what? Okay, so what were the what were the episodes? I'm just curious. What were the shows? It was always like Sesame Street. Okay, yeah. like, watch a Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch a Fraggle Rock. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so, I'm really interested in about the art of this book because it's first off beautiful. Hey! I, your art is incredible. Cool. But <laughs> did you come up with a story that you wanted to write and then design pieces around the story, or did you? have these pieces that you'd like you, you do a lot of artwork so if you like yeah. did you have a piece of art and you're like oh that could be a story oh yeah i'm actually an, like an illustrator i went to school for that uh-huh. so um that's a great question <laughs> <laughs> I, this came out as a poem first i was um sitting around marveling about the this whole thing uh-huh. time does uh-huh. and so i was just kind of like bopping around and thinking about like whoa this is crazy that it just functions in this way mm-hmm. and then the way I was writing the poetry it sort of um, simplified down to um, something that sounded like a picture book yeah and I was like yeah actually this would be a really good picture book but then I was like I titled this even on my little google doc I was like this is maybe the worst picture book because <laughs> it's maybe the most boring idea no. ever because you're like I don't know do kids like would a kid respond to like a philosophical thing so, about time I don't know like, I guess I like to think of it as like, think of like Pixar movies, mm. how there's something in there for kids, but then there's so much stuff in there that I'll rewatch, like Toy Story yeah, or yeah, anything. That's on. the dream, right? Yeah. But a function on both of those. Exactly. Levels. And to me, that's what this yeah. is like. I feel like you can use your book to describe to young readers, like, no, 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 this is how time kind of works. But as a person who might be a little bit older, like a parent, you kind of, it's almost like you're more nostalgic. So to me, yeah. I think it works. Yeah, and that's where I actually came up with the visuals for the... There's a, a journey that... Don't give it too much away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a journey that happens in the book. And when I was sitting down to think about what to draw, mm-hmm. um, I was like, what is... What would be... At first, I was like literally doing what I had written. And then I was like, no, what's a better... In what circumstance do you experience like time in the most mm-hmm. radical ways? And I was yeah. like, a trip. It's the best. <laughs> That's absolutely the best. Yeah, because it's like you're waiting mm-hmm. and then you're enjoying and it's so fast. And then a trip also does a thing where it like distills into a memory yeah. differently than any other way. Yeah, and I think you look back on, on trips, at least I do. I feel like I look back on them much more fondly. And like even even if you have a wonderful trip, there's those moments of like irritation or sitting around and waiting oh yeah and you never remember those after the fact i know vacation's like maybe 80 percent like mom yeah exactly yeah i mean <laughs> but then when you look back it's always like that was the best yeah oh yeah. i'm 32 i was just yeah. for i was in uh arizona for a week hiking and yeah. i'm 32 years old and i still i won't remember all the grumpiness like the 
bantering ahead with my father back and forth. I'll oh be like, my, I remember that sunset we had when we were in Sedona. Like, that's all the things I'm going to remember. Wow, so. that sounds like a great trip. <laughs> Arizona is beautiful. Yeah. I will preach to the heavens. I had never been there before. It's yes. Oh, it's so awesome. So, okay. I will admit that when I read a lot of picture books, I find myself sometimes glossing over the pictures just like to get through the story. Yeah. But every page of your book is like a work of art. It's nice. Oh, it's so, they're so great. So I'm just, I'm curious, is there something in there, you don't think of anything away, but is there a piece in there that like you're especially like that's the thing I'm most proud of in here? Like is there one? Oh yeah, I have two actually. Love the scenes with all the people. Uh huh. Um, so there's a train scene and there's a scene of a, a train station scene. Kind yeah. Of. And um, I just I, I I haven't really drawn like that many people at once before. Right. And it's um it's kind of an ordeal for illustrators to draw like crowds. Uh huh. Because it's, it's a lot of things to decide. Yeah. You don't want to get repetitive. Yeah. 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 And you're like, what does everyone's face look like? So it's like <laughs> it's kind of a lot. Uh huh. Um, so I really like if you get a chance to look at people's faces uh-huh. I laugh so much and like that's that's my favorite I don't know whenever I can make myself laugh oh yeah you know it's gonna something. be good yeah yeah like I, I kind of knew I could do like pretty stuff uh-huh. but, like the humor is the part that I think kind of saves this book from being too overly sentimental yeah and it can be it can be really funny I, I, you mentioned that you don't like because with your artwork that you sell or you do for the other areas you don't tend to do a lot of people right yeah. it is more so yeah. like nature and animals yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that totally. okay so did you ever like were you is there a reason behind that or is it just that you're more drawn to nature and, and things of that name i guess i'm just oh yeah that's a good that's a good question um you know this when this when i was thinking about the visuals for the book uh-huh. i asked a couple people i was like i don't know like who should live in this book like people or or creatures yeah because it doesn't could mm-hmm. have been like a book about bears. Oh, yeah. Um, I would read a book about bears. Yeah. And everyone I s- talked to was like, no, definitely people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? And they're like, it's just such a human story. Absolutely. you got to have people in there. So I was like, all right, here I go. So I was going to say, so, <laughs> so I know like a lot of, there's always a joke for people who aren't like, professional artists. Like, yeah. They'll say like, I can't draw feet. Or, like I can't draw mm-hmm. hands. Like So there's always a reason for them. Is there a reason that you don't normally draw people? Other than the fact that you have to come up with different faces all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it is a choice. Like, it's a real um, representation mm-hmm. thing. Because it is a lot of, like, well, what kind of people are going to be in your book? Like, yeah. who's going to be in your book? And it really kind of... Um, I think you can surprise yourself with an artist if you yeah. see, like, oh, I'm only drawing, like, this set of people. Like, yeah. You can be like, oh, whoa, is this how I see the world? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm that, very pleasantly surprised by how we see the world. I have literally, oh my God, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I've yeah. literally, we talk to a ton of diverse authors all the time on our podcast. And it's like very, for me, it's very important as like a middle class white person. I mm. always am like, okay, it's not, it wouldn't be fair for me just to find other white people to talk to all the time. Yeah. But that's so interesting as a, I've never thought about it from an illustration standpoint. It's like, okay, I can't draw 50 people and they all look five foot eight and white with short brown hair. Like, that's I do so think illustration or like picture drawing for people is a kind of an extension of how you see things. Yeah. So it's scary when you have to like commit to your vision. Yeah. Well, and then you also I imagine yeah. just you have to be careful, especially when you're drawing like other nationalities and things about like, okay, I don't want to make a caricature of this person. Right. And sometimes you don't know you're doing it, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot more to like 
So were you ever, like, were you showing these pieces to, like, your editors or things being like, is this okay? Like, did that ever come up for you where you're just like, what do you guys think? Kind of. So the main character is um, kind of gender neutral. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know what it is. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. Uh, But it is, like, in my mind, it's, it could be a girl or a boy. Mm and I call, we, there's no names in the book, but we met and I ended up calling them Sam. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, a, that's, a perfect middle, <laughs> that's a perfect middle ground name. Yeah, we're like, what's Sam doing right mm-hmm. now? So to me, like, um, I think there was, there was a lot of conversation about like who's included in this book. Because mm-hmm. a lot of, for, for kids' book in particular, you want to be as inclusive as possible. Right. So especially right now. Uh-huh, <laughs> absolutely. So like, that... That was really important for for it to exist. Yeah. To have like a sort of younger child that could be either or. I love that. Yeah. But you mentioned calling him Sam. That's really fun. One of my best friends who actually works at the company that I do, she comes on the podcast all the time. She's pregnant and they are purposely not finding out the, the sex of the baby until it's born. So they're just the place, they have names for boys and girls, but their placeholder is just baby Sam. It's just, wow, it's just that's, the, that's literally what they use. They're just like, yeah, so Sam is the size of a grapefruit today and oh all these goodness. things. Yeah. I learned about gender parties like a year ago and it's still blowing my mind. I, I I feel like you can do it right, and then you can do them totally wrong. Like, yeah. it has to be a fun, creative way. Yeah. Or cake. I'm always okay with the cake. I'm great with cake. Yeah, cake that. Cake, also yeah, that works too. Um, okay, so this is your first picture book, but you have illustrated for other picture books, correct? Yeah, just one. Though. Just one. Okay. Yeah. What was that experience like? Did it? Was there a difference for you? I guess as an illustrator of someone else's work, how did that feel? Like, was there? back and forth with the author? Was there any conversation about it? Did you feel like responsibility to their words? And it's, it's oh, interesting yeah. to do both. It is like a totally different mm-hmm. operation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm actually working on like three books right now and they're all for different people. Um, and it ranges from someone I, am, I talk to kind of a lot mm-hmm. and then to someone who I do not talk to at all. And it used to be in publishing world, like they kind of kind of kept them separate. Yeah. Yeah, but um, the person I talk to a lot kind of is a very experienced author, mm-hmm. and he's very like excited and open to what I would bring to it. Yeah. Which I think is like the, the key if you are going to be in conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of uh, maybe a limiting way to do it when mm-hmm. you're just like. Why aren't you drawing this? This is my vision of the book. Why aren't you doing exactly my vision of the book? Right. And you're like, well, this is frustrating. Mm-hmm. I so. Did you think you went through more iterations of pieces of your own work or of theirs to try and get like get their words right? Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I would say with my own, I'm a little more like cautious and mm-hmm. self-conscious of like thing mm-hmm. um, whereas I feel a little freer with other people interesting yeah I don't I bet people feel differently I was just gonna say yeah. I feel like that would be the other way around for me yeah just because you think you would be really, really I feel like I would feel a lot of pressure with someone else's words that makes I, sense. I don't want to put pre- I don't want you to go back to your house and be like oh man Adam was right I feel a lot of pressure now like I feel like for me if it's my if they're my words I can suffer be like no this is this is what it should look like, yeah. but if it's someone else's, I feel like I would be 
I think I'd be super nervous just to hear, like, after the book came out, like, hear an interview with them where they're like, yeah, I really love the illustrations, but, you know. My friends and I have this, like, some of my favorite friends and I have this joke called, like, do you love it? Where <laughs> you, you show, like, the final product and you're like, do you love it? And oh. you just see the person's face fall. Oh, that's like, amazing. No. Um, but at this point, I think I'm at a place where I'm like, all right, they're asking me to do the visual work, so I'm assuming there's a trust there. Right. And they're like, I don't want to have to worry about whether I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to bring what I can bring. Yeah. And I'm like, baby, you love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So how would you describe your artistic style? Ooh. That's a very, I know that's just like an industry, like, magazine question, yeah. but... Like, how would you describe what, like, your work? Because it's so different. I, like, I was gushing before we started recording about the, your other stuff that I love. But, like, how would you describe it? Yeah, I would call it painterly, textured. <laughs> These are amazing words. Uh, uh, whimsical would be another way to describe it. Yes. Um, but, like, not, right. like, not, like, wacky whimsical. Yeah, not, like, Stussy and whimsical. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... Fairy tale musical, yeah. kind of. I would call it feminine as well. I would okay. a little. Well, I don't know how to do like it. So. I mean, I I like it, but I also am like a, a very yeah. I my wife always gets mad about because she sometimes something will happen about like a man being horrible, which men on the whole usually are, and she'll well I know, but she'll say something about like something that happened. And she'd be really angry. And I'm like, you're right, that's horrible. It's so unfair. And she'll look at me, she's like, sometimes I just wish you were less of a feminine, like, so that less of a feminist, so that I could be mad and, like, argue with us. I was like, I'm not going to argue with you when guys are terrible. But so maybe that's why I wouldn't say feminine for your work, just because I don't think I don't want it. Um, so who, How would you describe it? You're oh, an man. outsider. Okay, yeah. that's, all right. Well, I like whimsical, but mm-hmm. to be fair, that's, like, my favorite word. So, Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> um, I think, I like textured. I think that, because you, you go through like layers when you're designing it, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. I okay. do, do a watercolor layer. Yeah. And I'll like Photoshop a little and uh-huh. I'll like, a little and kind of okay. mingle it all together. I think I would say, not like, like, if there was a word to describe like soft edges, like cause to me, like that. soft focus. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, almost yeah. like soft focus, where there's no, at least to me, it doesn't look like there's a lot of, like, hard lines. Yeah. Like that. I pay a lot of attention to edges. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so, when you Photoshop stuff, it's very easy to, well, it's not, well, take that back, not very easy, but it's like, there's a tool, <laughs> a specific tool that you use mm-hmm. that creates a hard edge. So yeah. It's a lot of work to work that makes the edges. I do not like hard edges. They bother me. I have lots of tattoos, and I'm always like, just no hard edges on things. I want it to look like it's part of it. So, um, who, like, what artists inspire you? Like, what are the ones that you are big fans of? Oh, man. I get inspired all the time, but um, recently I was looking at this woman, Marsha Brown. Mm-hmm. She did this book. She did a lot of, like, Hans Christian Andersen <laughs> Okay. Very, like, smudgy, um, very pastel-y, little blotchy. Uh-huh. Um, Pauline Bynes did the Lord of the Rings, like, old-school covers. Yes. Like, very colorful, like, pencil mm-hmm. um, She's really cool. Um, there's a guy, Brian Wildsmith. Okay. He's old-timey, too, and mm-hmm. he is, like, color pencil everywhere, lots of mixed media. Uh-huh. Like, very exciting, very beautiful, too rich. 
rich. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's but awesome. Is that enough? <laughs> no, that's that's plenty. Yeah, yeah, I put you on the spot too. Um, so you work in the art and like design field, but you didn't study that, right? Not in college. Okay, so what did first? What did you study first? Uh, English and film. Okay, so how does one go from English and film to design as a a lifestyle? Oh man, so many. U turns. Like, well, I, so have you always uh, been like artistic? Like, always been someone who likes to draw and paint, things like that. Mm, yeah, very communities oriented. Okay. Um, I think I'm similar to a lot of like illustrator librarians. Uh-huh. I would say um, both of those briefs tend to come from like very mixed backgrounds. Yeah. And so when I left with an English degree mm-hmm. in college. Um, kind of reviewed my choices and I was like, well, I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and myself, I found myself doing a lot of like design work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, this is something I could tolerate in terms of like having to do every day. Yeah. And so there was a year in there where I was like, applied for poetry and graphic design. Yeah. Um, master degrees. You mm-hmm. could, I was just kind of in two directions at once. Yeah. And illustration ended up, I ended up finding um, some friends that were illustrators and yeah. I didn't know it was a field until like I was 25 mm-hmm. and once I figured it out I was like oh I listen. I totally understand. I went to graduate school for sports management yeah. and now I host a literary podcast yeah. so not exactly it's one of those like not all who wander are lost situations yeah. right? oh I was definitely lost for a while <laughs> <laughs> but I got somewhere but, yeah I was going to say yeah. it all turned out just fantastically for yeah. you I also saw I think it was on your website that you said you, your parents aren't in the artistic field, but you would consider them very creative. Oh, totally. Okay, so can you kind of expand upon that? Because that's how I think of my parents as well. But can you kind of expand upon that idea a little bit? Sure. Yeah, my dad is ran his own telecommunications business. So he, as an entrepreneur, I feel like you have to be like a, a creative type. Yeah. And like just generally speaking, his tastes are very like he loves theater and jazz and reading and uh-huh. poetry and he's having that on in the house, yes. and my mom uh, is like a technical secretary, or um, admin. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> there you secretary. go, there you go. Um, yeah, so she has um, a square job, but uh. then when she's at home, <laughs> she's very like, um, very into reading, create like cooking, and uh-huh. you know, like needlepoint, and like that kind of yeah. thing, so yeah, neither of them are technically. That's so fun. Cooking is my, I, I mean, I, I'm a quote unquote writer I feel like everyone who works in overdrive is a writer of some fashion but cooking is my creative outlet like when I see things like your book and your art I almost get like it's so I can't even imagine doing a piece like that let alone being able to execute it I also am terrible at like even stick figures so I so I you're my favorite kind of artist actually oh someone who has no artistic ability yeah, whatsoever yeah whose like hand is stunted at five is like yeah. Thing. Oh yeah, that's that's about it. Like I would do, like if I was gonna draw a picture of like quote unquote Jesus, it would be like a stick figure with a little halo on top. Oh, it's perfect. like there he is, there's Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so towards the end of our podcast, we like to ask nine. They used to be rapid fire. They never are. Okay. Because tangents. Yeah. Um, we call them the Nerd Nine because we like alliteration. Cool. Uh, so the first one is, what is the last book you finished reading? Finished reading. Or are currently reading. Okay. He is an adult literary fiction guy, uh-huh. and he wrote a book about Truman Capote. Uh-huh. It's 
looks like of Truman Capote. Yeah, it's a it's a weird book. Uh huh. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yes, but it's about the mind of the um, bad guy. Truman Capote is very into that. Yeah. That's really good. Um, do you have a favorite place to read? Man, I do, and it's usually like in the sun in a corner of my house. Mm-hmm. But in truth, I am in bed usually. Yeah. <laughs> I tell everyone I feel like I fall asleep all the time in my bed so like I have to like avoid my bed tree that's the theory but then in practice I'm always <laughs> um what is do you remember like the book that made you fall in love with reading when you were a kid Can I catch it? Oh, <gasps> yeah I love Gary Paulson. yeah I like Brian's Winter and yes, the whole thing oh god I love Hatchet yeah my parents also read me Narnia so like that was yeah Man, I haven't even said that in a long time. Yeah, that was one I loved. Yeah, oh, so good. Okay, uh, what's one place you'd like to travel that you have not yet been to? South America. Oh, that's really good. Oh, no, wait. India. I really want to go there. Ooh, like it's so that. far. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you, that'd have to be like a, one of those two-week. Like, you can't... It's like going to Australia. over India. Yeah, it's like going to Australia. You can't be like, I'm going to go for four days. Yeah. It's like, no. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate? Thanksgiving. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Food, no don't talk about presents. Yep. All these are you a coffee person or a tea person? Coffee. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. Uh, favorite food? Mm. Thai. Thai. I was going for You're sushi. Going to sushi. <laughs> I was like, actually, I'm a vegetarian, so I like have one thing that I eat, so I can't. You and me both, yeah. actually. I could eat Thai, though. All day. Every meal. Every meal. Um, And then if you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you pick? Yo, that is not a rapid fire. I know. That's why I always get yelled at. (laughs) Ah! One person, alive or dead. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've let people pick, like, a few if they want. Mm. I would... This is a surprise to me, but, like... Jim Henson seems like a good dude. That's literally mine. That's that's my <laughs> pick every single... I'm obsessed with Muppets. Oh, I'm surprised by myself. I'm like, I never... He's not really at the top of my mind. So here's why I pick him. Because my other one is always... I would consider Dr. Seuss because I'm a huge Dr. Seuss fan, huge Jim Henson fan. I have a Dr. Seuss quote tattooed on my body. Whoa. But he had some stuff that was not super great about him. And like, by all accounts, Jim Henson seemed like a borderline perfect human and just like so whimsical and wonderful so so we are kindred spirits um okay last question for you Mm -hmm. what do you hope readers take away from reading forever or a day that's a good question thank you i hope they take away a sense of wonder Ooh, that sounded corny no that was really good i do think i do think it would be nice if that's what Perfect. So, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.